Hello and welcome to this edition of Locked on Penguins. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. I will want to say, everyone, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Holidays. Um, to all those who celebrate, thank you guys so much for tuning in each day to this podcast and to all the podcasts on the Locked On Network. Um, it really means a lot that you guys uh, tune into this podcast and all the podcasts on the network. Um, like I said, you know, when I started this, I didn't really expect to be doing this uh, this season, but it's been a really welcome surprise. I've had a lot of fun doing it, um, talking Penguins with you guys. And it's just, it's been great. And we're going to, 2020, there's going to be, I think, some big things in store for the network and this podcast, um, hopefully. And, you know, we're going to bring some new things on. We're going to try some other stuff out. But, you know, you guys mean a lot. The list, you guys are the listeners. It means a lot that you guys tune into this podcast and hear me rant about whatever for the Penguins, whether it's, you know, a uh, 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 defensive miscue from Jack Johnson, just some great goaltending from Matt Murray or Tristan Jari, to great plays from Crystal Tang, to dumping on Penguins Chronicles, um, and even maybe just dumping on officiating because that's also fun. But you know what? Uh, spend the day tomorrow with your guys' families. Um, just you know, hope you guys all get some great gifts and um, you know, Merry Christmas to you all. I just hope you all have a great Christmas um, and just a great day with your family. But. Other other than that, um, so, you know, obviously there's not too much going on in Penguin land this week. The Penguins have the week off for the most part before they have a back-to-back this weekend against the Nashville Predators. Um, going to Nashville has been one of my, um, just like the Western Canada trip, you know, that's up there. You know, going to Nashville to just visit is on one of my top priorities and a lot of my friends um, from college, you know, um, from real life, you know, my girlfriend, um, as you know, I've just have already been to Nashville and I'm kind of jealous about that because Nashville, it just looks like this really awesome city, this really cool town. Um, I know there's a lot of country music there and I'm not really a big fan of country music, but you know what? I can suck it up for a weekend. It's whatever. But, um, I just want to really want to go to Bridgestone arena, um, see the predators, uh, play there. And I'll be a really cool game. To, um, if you're a Penguins fan down there, uh, definitely please try to go to the game. It uh, looks like a lot of fun time and they have that awesome. They have that, you know, that. The you that you suck, it's all your fault, Chan. I really like to hear that chant in person. But um, yeah, and also, guys, this week um, I think we're the from all the reports that we're seeing, it looks like Sidney Crosby is going to be returning to practice this week. Um, it would not surprise me. I don't think he'll play in the game again in Nashville, but I think the very next night it could be a possibility. Um, and if not both of those games, I think definitely the game on Monday. Um, before New Year's Eve, December 30th against the Ottawa Senators, which I will be in attendance. I think that could be a game that Sidney Crosby comes back for. But um, we're almost there, guys. The Penguins have survived this stretch and then some without Crosby. Um, with the Hurricanes' loss yesterday, they are now third place in the Metropolitan Division. They've also played one fewer game than the Hurricanes, which is the only reason why they're third place. But um, they're only three points behind the Islanders. The Capitals have had a little have hit a little bit of a rough patch. They got blown out last night by the Bruins, who... Stop their big losing skit of their own. They were losing a bunch, but you know it didn't really matter for the Bruins because the Atlantic Division is just so freaking bad this season. It, the, that's coupled with the Lightning and, and the Maple Leafs just being um, just so bad. I, I don't understand why all the teams in the Atlantic decided to suck this season. But with that said, um, last time we had an episode of the podcast, um, the Penguins were gearing up for their back-to-back end of the Western Canada trip. Of course, um, they ended up winning against the Oilers 5-2, outplayed the Oilers basically that entire game, Um, had some really nice goals from Joseph Landisi and Chad Ruedel. 
Um, you know, I think I tweeted this during the game. I was actually out, um, but I was following it on my phone. I had it on at the bar, actually, one of the bars I was at with um, the girl I'm seeing. Um, and I was basically just, you know, saying, you know, if you, if you let Chad Ruedel and Joseph Blandisi score, um, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> and uh, the, the Oilers certainly did as they lost 5-2. Um, there was a very interesting stat I also saw after the game, or I think it was right after the game ended. Um, the Oilers have lost, I think it's, over 20 games in a row now where Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl um, do not record a point. And um, I don't uh, I don't know whether to laugh or cry after hearing that. I guess I can laugh because, I mean, the Oilers are really just built uh, by on two players. I mean, I know James Neal had that hot start to the season. He's been pretty good. I know they have um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins on there. I mean, he's been pretty good for the most of his career, but I mean, it's just, it's all, when McDavid and Drysdale aren't producing, it's it's not good. And I know they're third place in, in the Pacific right now. They're 20 and 16 and four. Um, they're a couple points up on the Canucks for a playoff spot. But I mean, I mean, the Oilers are just going to get in probably the playoffs just because a lot of the West is just so bad this season. I mean, I mean, I mean, not a lot of the West, but I think just like the Pacific division is just a joke in general. I mean, I know, I mean, Arizona has been good. I mean, Vegas has kind of been eh, this season. Edmonton, like I said, meh. Dallas is getting a bit better. You know, Calgary's been meh. Nashville's been really bad. Vancouver's been bad. Minnesota, Chicago. I mean, the list goes down. I mean, the only team that's really been good in the West this season is the um, the Blues and the Avalanche. I mean, that's not really saying a lot. Like I said, the West is pretty weak. And um, yeah, just just watching the Oilers when Drysaddle and McDavid aren't doing anything, it's a uh, it's a yikes. It's a big yikes in the chat. Um, uh, they're just, they're bad. And, you know, they're also during this game was pretty interesting to me. Mike Smith, man, he, he is just a piss baby at times. He's been a piss baby. Had a, He's had a lot of tantrums for a lot of times over his career. I really don't understand why he gets so mad whenever someone goes into his crease. It looks like he's trying to have a Henrik Lundqvist meltdown from 2016 when he flipped the net over famously. And which, you know, that was probably one of the best times from Penguins Twitter because the Penguins Twitter account just trolled him and then he allowed, I think, like three goals in like 10 minutes right after that. that really set him off. But um, it looked like he like took a run at, um, I'm trying to remember what player it was. It might have been Blandisi. I was trying, I'm trying to remember. He like ran after him, like Ron Hextall ran after um, one of the Penguins players um, about 20 years ago. Uh, the fact that I'm not remembering his name is killing me, but I mean, Ron Hextall basically did that to everyone. That's what it basically reminded me of. Um, but yeah, Mike Smith, he definitely did not play at the level that um, he did back a few months ago when the Penguins were actually fully healthy in that game. I think he had like, what, 52 saves. Uh, he did not play close to that. Um, the Penguins were peppering him all night with shots again, but this time he allowed um, he, he allowed four goals. And I mean, one of them was empty nets so and made it 5-2, to two, but still he allowed four goals this time. Trish and Jari got the win, and you know, it was you know, just a really good win for the Penguins. Um, that, that got them... That got them their seventh win in eighth games going into the Vancouver game. And there really wasn't much else to talk about, I mean, other than that. For the Vancouver game, I mean, like I said, yeah, there's really not much to talk about that game. Um, we'll get into a little bit more coming up after this break. But, I mean, uh, Matt Murray. Um, um, I kind of I kind of felt really bad for Matt Murray in this game considering 
<clears throat> um, the Penguins, um, they took five or six penalties in the first period. Um, and he, he really wasn't seeing a lot of shots until the Penguins went on the five. They were down to five on three for like three minutes of that period. And the Penguins ended up uh, being down 2 nothing going into the second period. And both of those goals, Murray had no chance on. I mean, the first one, you know, just a rocket. Second one was just a really nice deflection. Um, you know, I mean, that's just the worst game. You can try to gauge Matt Murray as you try to work him back. Um, that's really all I can say about, I think, Matt Murray. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess I know coming out of it, I mean, just like there are some takes on Twitter during the game. Oh well, you know, Matt Murray still sucks. You know, Matt Murray's still bad. I'm like, we, 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 we really can't say like that he we that they can like what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, like we can't really make a definitive like um, a definitive judgment on his game like just after this game, like because because they the Penguins were just it was a back to back. They looked tired. I mean, I know they outshot the Canucks after being outshot in the first period. It was a twenty nine to nine the rest of the way or something. I know Jacob Markstrom had a really good game. The Penguins didn't capitalize on some of their chances. I know that Canucks only had fourteen shots. The Penguins did a really nice job defensively by limiting the Canucks to fourteen shots. But I mean. Two of their goals came in the first period when they were down. They took five or six penalties. The Penguins were just really undisciplined in that period. And, you know, the Penguins have been really good at not taking a lot of penalties uh, per game. I think they're one of the league leaders in least amount of taken penalties per game. Um, and then that period, they were not. And, you know, that threw off Matt Murray's game. I thought um, well, during one of the five-on-threes, he made this beautiful sprawling save um, to keep it scoreless. He made a couple of those, actually. He was looking really, really good. And then... Of course, it was the cross ice pass, a one timer. Um, you're not going to save that, and then the other one on the five on four. You're not going to. That's a hard one to save too, as it's you know um, deflected. But I mean, the third goal, I guess maybe. I mean, I guess the only criticism I could say about the third goal, I mean, is that it came just I think a little minute after Jake Gensel made a two one. And I mean, Jake Gensel, you know, ho hum for him. He keeps doing his thing. He's also going to be getting his center back very soon. So um, that's very good. Like I said, we already talked about Sidney Crosby coming back. They'll move Gensel up to Crosby's wing. Um, I don't think that's going to be a problem, and that's not going to be anything worth. And it's not going to be a debate either, folks. Um, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna like have them um, be on, on Malkin's line again. That, that's not, that's not happening here, guys. That is, that is not happening at all. But um, like I said, the rebound I think from uh, the third goal was bad. Um, because it, it kind of like Murray, he like he saved it, but it went out way too far. And the Penguins defensively were really out of order, out of place. And then Pedersen just rocketed past his glove. I mean, that was just a nice uh, shot glove side. I mean, people are going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, glove side, glove side. But like, I mean, that was just a hard puck to stop. It, it was just a bad rebound control by Murray. He shouldn't have given up that rebound, but the shot by Pedersen was just too good. And that made it 3-1. Penguins were getting some chances, but then, you know, they made it 4-1 after that. And, the Penguins ended up losing the game, but you know, still going into this break, you know, winning seven of nine, you know, you're at your third place in the Metropolitan Division right now. If the playoffs started today, you'd be playing guess who? The New York Islanders again, which very likely will, I think, be their opponent come April if the Penguins begin in the playoffs. I don't really think the Islanders are gonna um, just go back anytime soon to being bad. Um, Barry Trotz has them playing really well, though. I could see Carolina getting in um, to that potential mix. You know, Philadelphia is playing some good hockey. But right now, if I had to make a guess, I think it's going to be the Islanders. But um, also, um, guys, thank you guys for the um, the mailbag questions yesterday. We have a few here um, to discuss. Um, if I can find them, at least. I need to go back to the tweet here. I'm doing this live. Of course, I, I tweet way too much during these um, things. Okay, so here we go. Okay, so Nikki Giordano, who hosts the Locked on Capitals podcast, 
and um, is probably one of the best people I know out out there. Um, she's um, truly one of the probably one of the best people that's probably come into my life in a long time. She's really a great person. Um, she said, "Say one nice thing about a rival team." Okay, one nice thing about a rival team. All right. So for the Capitals, I think Alex Ovechkin is the best goal scorer of all time. I don't really think that's a debate. Um, I guess that's one nice thing about the Capitals. The Flyers, um, I think Ivan Provorov is one of the most underrated defensemen, not only on his team. I think he's the best defenseman on his team, but I also think he's one of the best underrated defensemen in the NHL. I've always loved Provorov. Um, he really impressed me in that 2018 series against the Penguins where he was basically playing, I think, with, with something people said, like a separated shoulder or something. You can see he was hurting real bad when the Penguins made it. It was like 5-4 really early in the third period. He just couldn't get back. He just he looked gassed that whole game. Um, he didn't look like... He was basically playing with one arm. Um, so, yeah, the Flyers. Okay, what other ones? The Rangers. Um, let's see. One nice thing about the Rangers... Um, I think Henrik Lundqvist is the best goaltender of this generation, despite him being a baby at times. I kind of feel bad that he's never going to win a cup there. He's probably not ever going to win a cup for his, for his career. Um, that's pretty sad. But, you know, he's going to go down as one of the top 10 best goaltenders to ever play. Um, you know, he certainly beat this team's ass, the Penguins, more times than I would like to in the playoffs, especially in the 2014 series. Though, looking back, um, I'm kind of happy that he did, considering he got Dan Bosma. And um, Ray Shiro fired because that desperately needed, needed to happen. I remember after that series, you know, going into Game 7, I was like, okay, this can go one of two ways. One way is that if they lose, which was, was going to happen probably anyway, I knew going into it um, at the time when I was in high school, I knew that it was going to happen. Um, or, you know, the Penguins somehow win and they advance, you know, they keep their cup, uh, playoff hopes alive to go for another round, you know. Whatever they probably would have been spanked in the next round. Well, actually, no, they would have played Montreal in the next round. Hell, they could—they honestly could have went to the final that year, which is pretty funny. That probably would have saved Bilesman and Shiro, both of Bilesman and Shiro's jobs. But yeah, that's for the Rangers. Um, what other rival team? The Islanders. Um, I think Matthew Barzell is one of the best uh, players in the game. Um, I've always loved Barzell. Um, the rest of that team though can just go away because I can't stand watching a Barry Trotz team play, considering how boring they are defensively um let's see here um boston i think the bergeron marshawn pasternak line is the best um line in hockey um i think it's been the best line in hockey for about two years now um you know and also when brad marshawn is not being an idiot he's a uh top 10 player in this uh well top top borderline top 10 player in this league um I, he's been he's played at that level for a while, um, especially these last couple of years, and I'll always love Patrice Bergeron. You know, he's easily the best two-way forward um, in hockey. All right, any other rival teams? Columbus, I don't really consider to be a rival because the Penguins are just big brother to them, so I'm not really going to say anything nice about them. Carolina, no. Um, let's see here. Anyone else is a rival? New Jersey is not really a rival. Um, Chicago's not a rival, even though the NBC tried to hype it up as a rival rivalry but you know what whatever those are my main ones i guess i could say nice things about so thank you for that question nicole um let's see here alan so alan t yoder um of course my friend is texting me and i never have to mute these um unfortunately um anyways folks um sorry about that i need to mute these um notifications because it's just annoying like i always forget for day to do that so anyways alan alan t yoder thank you for this question so when Sid comes back, uh, which will be in a couple days, what would you think of Crosby playing with Rust and Gensel on the top line? 
Um, I would like it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you know, Gensel's going to go back to Crosby's line. That's nothing out of the ordinary. They always play well together. That's his left winger. Um, the right winger is always up in the air. They always try to rotate much. And I know Rust has played really, really good with Malkin right now. So, I mean, I, I'd be hesitant to take him off, I would think, of, Mar- of Malkin's line. But, I mean, I could see him going back to Crosby's line considering, um, he plays he just he plays really good with both centers and he's had a great year with already 13 goals. So I really don't think it's gonna make I mean, like I said, like I'd be hesitant to do it, but then at the end of the day, like if it if it probably if it did happen, I don't think it would be too much of a difference, if that makes sense. But like I just I really like the way him and Malkin have been going. Um other options on the right uh right wing, maybe Patrick Hornquist, but I doubt that they do that. Um, Dominic Simone may be bumped up there for times. Um, you know, I, mean, I know that's not going to please some Penguins fans because, you know, he's been snake bitten a lot and it's really hard to score goals in this league and he's just had the worst luck in the world. But I think that could do that. But I mean, yeah, like Alan, I really, I really think that would be, I mean, I really wouldn't mind Russ going up there. He's had a great year and it would only continue to get better, I think, if he played with, um, Gensel and Rust on the top line. That'd be, I think, one of the best top lines. Um, in the league. So thank you for that question. Um, I hope I could, hope that was a good answer. I could give you some more options, maybe with Simone or Hornquist. Though I don't think they're going to put Patrick Hornquist up there. I think that would be most unwise. He's better suited for a third line um, role at this point. Um, Logan uh, DeLorenzo, um, what forward outside the top six is having the best year so far? Or, and is this level of play by Tristan Jari sustainable? Okay, so let's start with the Tristan Jari question. Is this level of play by Tristan Jari sustainable? It's not the way he's playing right now is definitely not sustainable. He can put up good numbers in this league. That's not you know, a problem. We he's definitely a good enough goalie to do it. But the way his numbers are right now, um, that is not sustainable. So um he's played um obviously so this season, you guys he's played in 16 games. Uh he started 14 games, he's eleven and five overall, but these are the numbers that are not sustainable right now. A 939 overall save percentage, all situations, and a 1.86 goals against average. And at even strength this season, yeah, his even strength save percentage at 5v5 is 939. And yeah, guys, that's the, that's just, that is, that, that is not sustainable. That is, it is going to regress to somewhere probably in the 920s. You know, you cannot, you cannot keep up. 940 play for a whole season. It is very hard at the NHL level to do that. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing with him right now is a lot of people, other people have been saying you're, he's the hot hand. While he continues to play like this and gives you these quality numbers, you keep riding him until these numbers ultimately regress. They are going to regress, but the 939, a 1.86 goals against average, it's very hard to sustain over a full season. The goaltending position is a lot of blah it can be weird sometimes but you know as long as he keeps playing like this you take it guys like you you take it and run with it so thank you for that question and then the other question he asked what forward outside the top six is having the best season so far that's a really really good question um is it is it okay to answer jared mccann there i mean he's kind of he kind of rotates so i mean maybe that's not but other than jared mccann the other forward dominic cahoon um, you know, he's really come into his own, um, as of late. I mean, I mean, honestly, Brandon Tanev too, but I think, I think Dominic Cahoon a little more than, um, Brandon Tanev at this point. I know, and I know Brandon Tanev has been a hell of an acquisition. He's been everything the Penguins have wanted, but also you could say the same for Dominic Cahoon. He's eight goals, 19 points in 35 games. Remember guys, he started out the season just absolutely brutal. 
Um, not scoring in this first, what, five or six games, looking like a complete bust. The Penguins look like they were probably seeing ghosts from the player that they acquired from the Blackhawks, but he's just been everything they've asked for. He's that speedy little winger that they, they always like getting. Um, the, the, the Penguins, you know, when Jim Rutherford got Tom Wilson out of his head, he went back to acquiring these type of players, and Cahoon's just been awesome, and his playmaking ability is awesome too. Some of these passes that he makes are just um, so good. Uh, I, I love watching him play. I mean, so I mean, I mean, I guess it. So I guess with without McCann, because I mean, he's played in the top six a lot, but usually he plays in the bottom six sometimes too. Um, usually I'd say McCann, but if it's not that, I definitely go with Dominic Cahoon outside the top six. Followed very, very closely, basically a one B with Brandon Tanev, who's been everything the Penguins have also asked for as well. He kills penalties, can play on the second power play, really good even strength. Really, um, he can score. Also, sometimes really fast. Um, both those guys, it's almost a tie at this point with both of those, but I give the edge a little bit to Cahoon. So, um, thank you guys so much for these uh, questions. Um, these were really, really good questions. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I'll probably do this coming up maybe tomorrow. I'll probably have an episode coming tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll have a little mailbag again. So, guys, from um, this last segment um, of the podcast, um, I figured I would do my um, top 10 players of the NHL decade since um, this decade is about to close. 2020 starts next week. Um, I guess I'll go um, 1 through 10. Um, number one, guys, I mean, this is nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, Sidney Crosby, um, this was his decade. He's the best player of this generation. He's the best player of this decade. He's a top 10 player of all time. Back-to-back Smice, three Stanley Cups. Um, has won the Hart Trophy a few times, has won the Art Ross, eclipsing 100 points a few times, um, has won the gold medal, um, he's won basically everything at the NHL international level, um, he has over 1,200 points in the league overall, if it wasn't for David Steckel and Victor Hedman, it would be probably around 1,400 to 1,500, that concussion was just absolutely brutal, but you know, when he was on, you know, this was his decade, um, he's absolutely outstanding, um, you know, I think... People at this point have come to realize that, you know, he's not that baby that he was in 2007 or 2008. Um, and that, you know, he's just a really great hockey player and also an even better person off the ice. So, you know, easily number one. Number two, Alex Ovechkin. Um, best goal, pure goal scorer of this generation. Um, finally has a Stanley Cup. Has won the Rocket Richard trophies more times than I can recount. Probably more times than I can remember. Um, um, a couple more stats about Alex Ovechkin. Um, he played in... Um, he had about almost 800 games this decade, scored almost 500 goals, over almost 200 of them on the power play. Um, no one else cracked 400 for this decade. Alex Ovechkin did. Um, he got that playoff choker crap out of the way um, when he won the Stanley Cup, finally, which, you know, um, he did deserve that, you know, after losing in the second round all those years. He's finally got past the Penguins, um, helped the Capitals get past the Penguins, and he won the Stanley Cup. So, you know. Um, he was just, I can't say a lot of bad things about Alex Ovechkin. He's just a great player on and off the ice. Uh, number three, um, Evgeny Malkin. Um, I think people need to realize that this is probably the most underappreciated player um, of this decade. Um, the NHL, remember guys, remember when the NHL left him off its top 100 players of the league's list when it was the first 100 years? Um he averaged up over a point per game. He's won the Conn Smythe. He has had a 50-goal season with almost 110 points. Um, he, um, You could have made the case that he could have won the Conn Smythe um, in the 2017 Cup run. As I'm actually looking at his hockey reference stats right now for that, he had 28 points in 25 playoff games. He's been dominant this season when, as Crosby's been out playing at an elite level that we know he can. Um, he's just, he's so underappreciated his three Stanley Cups. He hasn't won a lot, of course, at the international level, but 
you know, at the NHL level, you know, his three Stanley Cups, he's won the Conn Smythe, he's won the Art Ross, he's won the Hart. Um, he's just, he's won almost everything at the NHL level too, and he's going to go down um, as one of the best to ever do it as well, and also one of the best Russian players to ever play um, as well. Number four, um, Connor McDavid, um, basically a Sidney Crosby clone uh, for the next decade. He might be number one because he's going to be dominating the next decade of NHL play. He's um, he's just that good. Um, he's not the best. I don't think he's the best player in the world yet, but you can easily make that argument. But he's, he's going to be there very soon as Sidney Crosby starts to decline, though. I'm not really sure when that's going to be considering Sid has just been so good um, for so long. But yeah, McDavid, you know, averages, you know, I think a point per game at this point. Um, he's carried a bad Oilers team into the playoffs before. He's probably going to do it again this season with how the Pacific Division has been. Um, he needs some more help out there. And I hope maybe at some point that he kind of gets out of Edmonton considering they've just wasted some of his prime years away. Uh, number five, um, I'm going to go Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist, um, best goaltender of this generation, best goaltender of the decade, top 10 goaltender of all time. Um, you know, he's taken a lot of bad Rangers teams or a lot of average Rangers teams to the playoffs. Um, his save percentage has been 920 almost every year this decade. I think overall, apparently according to Greg Wyszynski, he was second in the decade and even strike save at 927. Um, he took the Rangers to the playoffs, like I said, seven times. He's taken the Rangers to the cup final. He's taken them to the conference final. Um, he's won the Vesna. He's been a finalist for it. Um, he's absolutely outstanding. And, you know, I, you know, at times he can be a little bit weird on the ice with getting a little upset, you know, knocking the net over as, as famously what he did, but, um, he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, and it's, it's a crime that he's never going to win a Stanley cup in New York and probably not in the league. It's pretty bad, sad. Number six, um, Eric Carlson, best defenseman of this, uh, I think of this decade, though, I mean, it also came at a time when Nick Lidstrom was retiring. He retired, I think, in 2012, um, and then Sandino Charles started going down the hill a little bit. But um, Eric Carlson, I mean, he, he's just a one-man wrecking crew when he's healthy. I think I remember that season that he had. I think he had, what, 82 points in 82 games. It was a point-per-game season. Um, it's no, There's not a lot of defensemen that can do that um, at all, um, especially at this day and age in the NHL. But he sure did it. Um, he's he's absolutely awesome, and it's been a treat to watch him. Almost every game, you know, he he's making something happen. I know injuries have played him the last couple of years, but, you know, when he's on, there's no defenseman in this league that's better than him. Um, I, I definitely don't uh, think so, at least. Um, number seven, Patrice Bergeron. Um, best two-way center in the game. Um, he's won the Selk Trophy more times than I can remember. He's been top five for it in every season of this decade. He's won the Stanley Cup. Um, he's, he's, he's great at face-offs. He can score. He can do everything. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he's on the best line in hockey with Marshawn and Pasternak. Is that because he's, his offense is outstanding and his defense is probably even better. Um, it's, it's so fun to watch him. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he should probably have another, he should probably honestly, um, have another Stanley Cup by now. Um, Number eight, guys, I'm going to go with um, Steven Stamkos. Um, I think, you know, he's, you know, he's one of the best goal, pure goal scorers of this decade. Uh, I, he doesn't really get enough credit where it comes from. Um, I think in almost 700 games this decade, he has almost 400 goals. Oh, I'm looking at his hockey reference page. Um, you know, the fact, the fact that he's won the right, he actually wove around Ovechkin. Um, that just goes to show how good he's really been. That's kind of nuts at this point, to be honest. 
And yeah, it's kind of a crime, I'd say, at this point, that um, he never uh, won a Stanley Cup with the Lightning. That that, that choke last year was just brutal. Um, number nine, folks, I'm going to go with Pavel Datsuk, um, the magic man. I know he left for the KHL when he was in 2016, but you know he's one of the best goal scorers too. The moves that he made on goaltenders were just disgusting. At a time, you know, you could say that he was the best player in the world. Um, he's won the Selkie many times. He's won the Selkie a few times. He was a finalist a bunch of times. He's won the Stanley Cup. Um, God damn, he was so. I, I loved watching him play growing up as a kid. Man, he was just outstanding. Um, even going up into high school, on Pavel Datsuk. I wish he would still playing in this league. And then number uh, number ten. Uh, Patrick Kane, um, he's apparently he's gonna apparently according to Greg Wojcinski he's gonna end the 2010s as the decade's leading scorer in total points. He has three Stanley Cups. He scored 20 more goals every season. Um, I know he's had his problems off the ice, but on the ice he's one of the best players in the league. I think right now he's a top five player in the league. So yeah, folks, that is my list. Let me know if you guys um, let me know if you guys liked it. Let me know if, if you guys would change. Maybe put someone like Brent Burns up there. Or maybe someone else, Jonathan Taves, whatever. But um, let me know your guys' thoughts. And uh, we'll have another episode probably coming tomorrow uh, for Locked on Penguins. So stick around for that. Merry Christmas to you all. And have a lovely, lovely day.